You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pod Mania Podcast. I am your host, Rob Goodwin, and I am joined by Garth. How are you, Garth? Good, good, good. Uh, looking forward to this. Yeah, very. Um, so am I, so am I. And I am joined again by Chris as well, who seems to be making a bit of a habit of joining us on these Impact reviews. How are you, Chris? I'm not making it a full habit, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's me. It. It's me, the eligible, eligible young bachelor of um, Podmania. Is that I'm not calling you that? <laughs> no, you're not calling. You're not calling me that. I'm calling me that. I'm getting myself over. No, nobody is calling you that. If we ever have Podmania merch, that's not your shirt. <laughs> what is my shirt, man? Is it just Tai Chi? Yeah, it's just it's just Tai Chi in his tiny tiny pants. Tai Chi wins, or we riot. <laughs> <laughs> But stop ruining the name of Chapter 13 of that CXC. <laughs> well, here, of I course, watched, I watched that before. Oh, sorry, say again. Sinner, I watched that video before the uh, CXT video. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, we are, of course, here to review Bound for Glory. Slightly late uh, as I was away, so couldn't review it. But it's been a talking point, hasn't it? Especially oh, yes. the main event. That scam Austin Aries. Oh, Austin Aries. Why, <laughs> you <laughs> little... Shaking your fist. He's a rung and Austin Aries. He certainly is. Um, I mean, all in all, Bound for Glory has achieved what it set out to achieve, which is to get people talking about impact again. Um, was it as good as Slammiversary? In my opinion... Not quite. What do you guys think? Um, I think it was maybe on a par. I think it had the good out with the bad. Definitely had some oh, yeah. really really stand up matches. Um, it is. I suppose the the end was a bit of a sour note because it was. Well, it is a work, and they're working us all. Oh, one hundred percent a work. There is no it, way that's a shoot. But it, it it did sort of sour sour the ending a bit, and I thought it looked less a less a pay per view overall than Slammiversary. Like the the arena looked okay, but it didn't look as big. The crowd didn't look as big. I don't know. This whole show show felt really. But okay, I have to preface this by saying I'm used to New Japan, which has absolutely no bollocks, and then I get this, which is basically all the bollocks. <laughs> and um, but it all kind of felt, it felt like a somewhat medium-sized ICW show more than it did a fact like who used to be the second biggest company in America, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, what you've got to remember is as well, Slammiversary was filmed in front of. A similar sized crowd in uh, yeah, it, in Toronto. It's just that this is a smaller venue. It's the same size crowd, but in a very yeah. very cramped environment. And in it that cramped, I mean, go on. 
Didn't they say this is where they used to shoot raw, or did I get them that wrong? I th- I'm not sure. I'm not I think sure. This is, um, this is just one of the rooms, though. I think there's, there's like a larger part of that like, building. I was about to say, because they ran that before, and it actually looked like the place where they did raw and there. Yeah, it's, it's, I think this is just like one of the rooms. <laughs> they got the, the basement. Like, like a function room. <laughs> <laughs> someone's wedding was coming on was after just, that was just a, was just that's, why Austin, that's why Austin ran out with a wedding directly after him <laughs> we <were rushing> <laughs> they had to run away his before the buffet p- food came his, his band were playing <laughs> <laughs> um, you know despite what we've said and sort of taken the piss I, I did enjoy this show from top to bottom I really enjoyed this show there, was, there were bits that were fucking mental and we will get into that very, very shortly. Um, but there were bits that were absolutely fantastic. For me, there was two excellent matches on this card. Um, I think where Slammiversary has beaten Bound for Glory is that, with the exception of maybe one match in Slammiversary, the entire, ma- the entire card was brilliant. Yeah. Whereas here, there was some good matches but two really stood out and I felt carried the show more mm. so than Slammiversary did um, yeah we'll, we'll break it down uh, we'll start with the opening match and that was the tag team match between Matt Seidel and Ethan Page taking on Willie Mack and Rich Swan. Um Chris let's start with you what do you think of this match um, fun match considering I'd rewatched Ishivas and Okada versus Golden Lovers. No tag match is ever going to compare. But um, just plug in New Japan there for you. Just keep um, but doing no, it. Was, just keep doing it. It's, it was a really fun opener. It felt a lot like a um, New Japan, not New Japan, fucking Lucha Underground um, tag match. Really fun. Really fast paced. Never really stopped. Some kill spots. Um, Swan, I'd love seeing a Phoenix splash, and we got to see one. Fun opener. Yeah. Um, personally, for me, I think Rich Swan is just absolutely outstanding, and there is not a doubt in my mind that he will eventually get that X Division title. Um, Garth, what about you? What did you think? I thought it was excellent. Really enjoyed it. Um, considering there weren't really sort of no real stakes, it was more. Just a sort of exhibition, but Willie Mack, totally just VIP of the match. Um, just I don't know, just totally um, surprised. I mean, I'm not seeing much of his stuff, but like deceptively agile for a, know. quite a big dude. Oh, he is amazing. He did a he actually did a sixty man Iron Man match with Johnny Mundo on an episode of um, Lucha Underground, and it was actually really good. I mean, <laughs> the man performed a. A standing moonsault. Oh, God. He did a flip sent on. <laughs> it was... I mean, the there was a moment where it was when Rich Swan went under the mat to find Matt Seidel, which, after facing him on impact, you would, you know, you'd think, probably don't do that. I've seen him do yeah. this quite a few times. But anyway, he got hit with what we assume is a chair, and him and Paige sort of laying into Swan, who's laying unconscious, or so we're led to believe. And Mac wipes them out with a cannonball. Absolutely <laughs> wipes them out. But the gap between the ring apron and the barricade 
is so, <laughs> so small that genuinely I was concerned that he'd broken his leg at one point because the way his legs hit it. And this is an issue in a later match as well. Yeah. Um, but Jesus Christ, it was such a good move, but fuck me, it looked dangerous. Yeah. I, I, loved, been... um, I, I loved um Ethan Page no-selling. Yes. <laughs> he no-sold about four, ma- four moves. That's I think just what Ethan excited. Page does. Does he? He's a CZW guy, and he must probably live off of. Ah, okay, but, fair enough. Um, no, but on the gap thing, yeah, I've been to shows in actual fucking nightclubs where the ring is further away from the barriers than that. <laughs> I mean, there's there was a Ring of Honor show two years ago, I believe, and uh, TK Orion tried a moonsault, I believe, uh, to the outside, and because the barricade was so close to the ring apron, he ended up hitting it and breaking his leg. And that was all I could think when, you know, you've got people launching themselves off the ropes and launching themselves through the ropes and such. But luckily, nothing did happen. We ended up watching a fantastic opening tag match. Mac and uh, Rich Swan had outstanding chemistry. They built Rich Swan fantastically. In this match, yes, without a shadow of a doubt, Willie Mack was the MVP of this match. Um, but Swan was built brilliantly here, even yeah. if he did steal the lethal injection from uh, yeah, Jay Lethal, that. which was fantastic. But he would ultimately pick up the win with a Phoenix Splash, which apparently is Chris's favourite move. I mean, no. go on. No, no, it's Tai Chi's um, last ride. Oh, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> we, what we were then subjected to once this match ended, and I said this to you guys earlier before we... It was it was Conda.com the musical happened next. Um, basically, Willie Mack was given a microphone. And didn't work. It didn't work. He then got given another <laughs> microphone. That didn't work either. They then gave him a third microphone, and fucking hell, I wish that one hadn't worked. Because... No, it didn't work, just in a different place. Yeah, I yeah. mean, this was this was the most cringeworthy and just blatant flogging I've ever seen. Willie Mack cuts a promo, and it, it feels like it lasts about ten minutes. It must have only been about yeah. three, but it feels like it lasts ten. He hypes the crowd... He spends 10 minutes thanking the fucking sponsors. He then <laughs> hypes the crowd by getting two people into the front row because there's two extra seats at the front because it's been done by Comda.com. And it was just... It made no sense to the match we just watched. Yes, you're right, Chris. There wasn't any stakes in this match, really. But, oh, Garth. Please. Oh, sorry, Garth. Garth, I'm sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> there was no stakes to this match. But fuck me, did this have to be here? Really? Did it have to be <laughs> at all? Did it have? Do we have to hype the sponsors every I mean, time? Not, not, cons- not considering Josh Matthews is hyping them with his fucking con- Conga.com mug every fucking time it went to him. And the fact that it's on the it's on the ring apron. Yeah. It's uh, a- <laughs> Honestly, there was nothing on the ring that would tell you it was bound for glory because the ring apron and the ring mat both had Conga.com on them. And I'm, su- 
I'm surprised when Ali was in the de- undead realm, someone didn't pop up going, Amazing prices at Comda.com. <laughs> the undead realm is brought to you by Comda.com. Uh, <laughs> it was it was it was a very, very, very bizarre segment and I just I felt like it didn't need to be there. Like you said, Garth, and it was Garth this time. Um like you said, <laughs> especially as you got Josh Matthews, every other fucking word was Comda.com. <laughs> Which is fine. I don't. I don't have an issue with that. I know that obviously you need sponsorship to pay for your shows, and heaven forfend that I would stick up for the WWE at the moment. But on their shows, you know, if their show is sponsored by something, you don't hear about it all the way through the show. And I know it's different just, because they no. don't have you know the same manner of financial strife as everybody else. But even so, fuck me. We were. We were. I mean, this match lasted just shy of thirteen minutes. So we were 20 minutes into the show and I'd heard Comda.com at least 20 times. That's a lot. That is a lot. That wasn't the end. Uh, Anyway, next we cut to Josh Matthews and Don Callis. Don Callis looking absolutely resplendent as always. He Um, was dead inside when Josh kept saying Comda.com. He was like, I know I have to do this, but good God. (laughs) Yes, uh, I think everyone was a little bit dead inside when Josh kept repeating that. Um, but they played up the recent issues between Austin Aries, Johnny Impact, and Taya Valkyrie. They cut to the Hall of Fame ceremony the night before, where things had boiled over and they'd started fighting. I loved this angle between Aries and Impact. I'm just going to say, I thought all the TMZ stuff and all of like, using the business thing was so well done. Like it just made it feel all the more sort of real. Yeah, they've they literally have not put a foot wrong in this feud. This reminded me of the Drew Galloway and Jack Jester feud back in ICW a few years ago, um, where they were just attacking each other at events that weren't wrestling events. <laughs> I think that's perfect. Yeah, for a feud like this. When Absolutely. you take it outside of when you take it outside of the bubble, it makes it it gives it a little bit more legitimacy because people from outside of who from the people from outside of who watch Impact start seeing it. So then they start thinking, oh, well, what's this about if it's on TMZ? Because which, to be fair, although it's trashy as hell, it reaches quite a large audience. Yeah, well, look at look at UFC. They they always have fights at their press conferences, and theory and pro wrestling, it shouldn't be any different. Yeah, that's it. No, absolutely, I agree. Um, but we move on from there because King <laughs> has been a uh, sorry, no, Conan has been attacked by King backstage. Oh. And this was, for all the good things we say about the OGs and LAX's feud um, throughout this year, this was a low point because the thing that had been pushed on to Conan, who was on the floor in in agony when LAX found him, was the smallest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was (laughs) a very, very small trolley that... Santana was able to pick up with one hand. <laughs> and it was Give on, it up here, man. It was on fucking wheels. It's just how the, like he's on the sofa and he's like, go get them. I'm going to have to sit, sit this one out. And yeah, he, he sat on the sofa and was fine. But, you know, I suppose it does paper over the fact that Conan is definitely not as young as he used to be. So He got buried alive like three years ago. Well, yeah, there is that, I suppose. Maybe still recovering. Sure he's had a, has he not had a hip replacement recently? If he hasn't, then it it looks like it. 
I like the thought of them thinking, how are we going to stop Conan from taking a bump because he will just turn to dust? <laughs> that's the first, the first thing I thought. was like, oh, so that's a way to get him out of the match then. Let's hit him with a very small trolley. Um, we then cut to the Eli Drake Open Challenge. Now, in our predictions, um, we were foolish. We were fools, guys. <laughs> I'm just um, going to point out, I predicted a jobber. We got a jobber. We, I was we the did. closest. We did, but we were fools. We were played for fools. And not because Chris Jericho didn't turn up, despite the crowd's insistence that he must. Um, it was more the fact that when Eli Drake issued this challenge to anyone from New York, um, we pre- we would predict that someone from New York would answer that challenge. Well, you know. Um, you know, because... Sense. Yeah, that that's... But no, 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 no. We got James fucking Ellsworth. Um, Broken Brawler doesn't seem so fucking weird now, does it, boy? <laughs> I tell you what, the New York crowd did not like it at all, did they? Nah, they Jesus they? Christ. Um, fuck you, Ellsworth. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Ellsworth was massive. Pizza got over. Eli Drake got <laughs> oh, yeah, pizza yeah. over. And he also said the bottom line a couple of times as well, which I thought was quite funny. I mean, this was just fucking weird. I mean, James Ellsworth, I think, I mean, I might be wrong. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but was Ellsworth supposed to be the baby face in this? Yeah. Eli Drake's a heel, so he had to have been. I mean, I'm not going to call it a double turn, but the crowd (laughs) very, very, very clear that they did not want James Ellsworth winning this match especially as James Ellsworth at one point started tuning up the band to no fanfare yeah what I I don't get about this is one of our predictions came out later on and sort of ruined a marquee match why not have him come out here exactly correct then I would have won it (laughs) (laughs) who did win the predictions by the way oh I don't even know I don't even know um who did you so Garth? Who did you go for inside L? Page Swan Mac. Um, I think I said Swan. Oh, we should have written these down. We'll we'll go yeah, back. I thought and you I'll... did. No, 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 I didn't. Um, <laughs> don't be silly. Um, I'll I'll um, I'll go back and I'll put it on Twitter later. Um, but this match was it a match really? Um, Pointless, I think we just we just watched James Ellsworth get beat about for a little bit. We did, and unfortunately, Tom Callis was absolutely going out of his mind. He was. At, he was uh, not happy. At James Ellsworth, when he gave uh, Eli Drake like a cheap shot, he's like, "He shouldn't even be here. What's he doing?" He's like, they're just you letting anybody him, walk off the street. <laughs> um, I mean, I've got to appreciate James Ellsworth saying that he used to date a girl from Staten Island. Yeah, um, referencing the, the thing with Carmella. Um, but it was hard to enjoy when constantly everything Ellsworth said, everything Ellsworth did was just horrifically booed out of the building by the New York faithful. And then when um, Eli Drake did his finisher, the pop was massive. It was. So he did another Thank- one. Thing is, he was booed on his way, on his way out because he did a, um, a Your Local Sport Team Sucks promo. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. Not Reference quite the New York Giants, Lions, but... who yeah. would for some reason be prevalent in a match later on 
and it's never referenced again. But there we are. Yeah, it got a it got a next chant. That was quite funny. But yeah, so Drake wins. Ellsworth fucks off and very very confused as is Eli Drake who then takes to the mic and complains about the fact that he issued an open challenge to the best of the best and James fucking Ellsworth answered um, to which Abyss arrives um, he's from Chicago he's from Chicago <laughs> so still no one from New York answering but you know Abyss comes in he gets a big pop which I'm quite happy about um, hits a black hole slam stands tall gets a table choke slams Eli Drake through it. A nice end to what was otherwise a fucking wank segment. Yeah. What a, what a waste of Eli Drake. The why not just headline him last year? Why not, why not just put him in a match with Abyss? Yeah, it and would make more sense. Just give him a match against anyone. Joe mm-hmm. Hendry wasn't on the card. Put him in a match yeah. against Joe Hendry. Trevor Lee wasn't on the, on the card. The card. The man is a bona fide superstar and should be challenging at the echelon of Impact Wrestling. And now he's he's just been relegated to these bollock segments. And the only reason they're entertaining is because Drake is charismatic as fuck. <laughs> it's just it's it's so annoying. It really yeah, is. It is. We then had the knockouts title match between Tessa Blanchard and Taya Valkyrie. Now. I haven't seen a lot of Taya Valkyrie stuff, um, but I like... She's great. Yeah, I've been led to believe this. What I love is the fact that in this match, Tessa Blanchard was the underdog, which she hasn't been since becoming champion. Um, Let's start with Garth. Garth, what did you think of this match? I thought it was a good match, but it under-delivered to what I was expecting. I thought um, even from the even from the the sort of entrance, I thought like Taya was she seemed a bit off the pace. I don't know what it was. It was <clears throat> like her entrance seemed a bit, like she seemed a bit sort of standoffish when she first came out, and the crowd weren't really into it too much. But um, I mean, it was a good match. It was fucking hard hitting. Um, but I don't know. I just something just fell off about. Tire like a timer seemed to be off with a lot of the stuff. Um, and like I said, I don't know if she's been out injured or she's been out and she's not been wrestling for a while. Chris, you might be the best person to uh, to tell us. About um, this. well, the last time I saw her wrestle was in something that was recorded months ago, so I wouldn't know. I know she's not in triple A anymore, that's about it. No, she seemed a little, but what, what I did like for some reason, she totally reminded us of Natalia. No, she yeah, I can see that. I can see like that. that really stocky, stocky sort of like brute like build. But Damn, you get into ordinary territory here, Gaff. <laughs> oh yeah, shit. <laughs> Just put that on Twitter. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, the, almost... I mean, it, go on. It was good. It was. Um, I mean, the, the fact that Ty kicked out of the Buzzsaw DDT was really, really good. I really enjoyed that. The yeah. crowd massive for that one. And her reaction to that was fantastic as well. Yeah, um, but no, I mean it was it was a good match. Chris, um, yeah, this was fine. Quick question: Was from the hype package? My I gathered the whole build was them calling each other a bitch. Was that about the extent of the build? You it say more so whole build. Of... There was one, two exchanges, maybe. 
I wouldn't even call it two exchanges. I'd say there was one exchange, which was Taya Valkyrie appearing on a TV screen saying that she was going to challenge and, you know, calling Tessa Blanchard a bitch. Um, and that was it. And that was two weeks before Bound for Glory. So, so you're te- so you telling me um, Rick Steiner and Chucky had more time in their feud than yes, these two did? 100%. Yeah. Robocop in WCW <laughs> had more of a build than this did. Um, it's just like, it's, plus it was also like, well, right, forget everybody else on the roster. I'm here. I want a title shot. To be fair, Tessa has beaten everyone else. Yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, that was it was good. It was a technical and fast start. This got the first two sweet chat um thing of the night, which fuck off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm too used to Japanese crowds who are actually nice to the wrestlers. Um <laughs> there was a Hogan level selling of a choke slam at some point in this match. Like but I forget who took it, they went like two inches off their feet before dropping. Uh it was um it was um it was Ty who did it, and it just looked sloppy as hell. Yeah, yeah it's like, there was, there was no elevation. Like, I, I truly think the one that Hulk Hogan took at Backlash or whatever <laughs> had more lift. When he gets um, no the, height. There were yeah. some good... Um, I thought, like, Ty had some really good sort of submission moves and stuff, and it looked quite brutal as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I will say her moonsault's beautiful. And Moonsault, yeah. it rivals Charlotte's, and yeah, especially for someone of like I, I, I know this again sounds like Carson Aries, but someone of, of her build is an amazing. Yeah, um, she's got amazing. Uh, um, she's got amazing ability and agility. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like, um, both women. Are... But sorry, both women are great. I feel they have a better match in them. Yeah, that that that's exactly what I thought. I thought this is like the first of obviously a feud. It's going to get better. Yeah. Um, I felt that it was a match of three parts. The The start was very quick, very hard-hitting, like you said, Garth. Then there was a lull in the middle where we seemed to be relying a lot on rest holds and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the excitement built, obviously, towards the end. Obviously, we had the superplex. Uh, we had... Tessa hitting two co-breakers, one ultimately for the victory. Uh, and we had both women kicking out of finishers. Um, I thought Tessa Blanchard's selling during this was just was fantastic. When she got a hand onto the rope on that road to Valhalla and just yeah. the look in her eyes of just, I have no <laughs> idea where I am, it's desperation. Yeah. That is perfect selling. And it's, it's unfortunate that the crowd wouldn't have seen that but it was it was brilliant. It really, really was. Um, Don Callis called it as well, didn't he? He sort of saw it. He did. Don Callis built it up extremely well. I mean, he does love Tessa Blanchard, but that's beside the point. Um, Just, when I was watching this match, and I wrote it down as well, um, and it's something that sort of bugs us throughout wrestling at the minute, the amount of people using cutters and code breakers as just standard moves, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, it's becoming the new super kick, really, in yeah. that sense. Yeah, like, everyone's doing sort of top rope cord breakers and fucking springboard cutters all over the shop. I mean, the only people using cutters as finishers right now is um, Tamatonga and Randy Orton and DDP. Yeah. Every every three months, when he did a random one on an indie show. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we did see two cutters just on this show from mm-hmm. people who ordinarily would not use a cutter. In Tessa Blanchard 
and Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer's used them more, obviously, but it's a transitional move for him. So I do see yeah. what you mean. But, you know, Phoenix uses them all the damn time. Yeah. We had the lethal injection in the first match. So I, I do get your point. And obviously it is diluting moves. But, what you you know, you've got Tessa Blanchard's Codebreaker, which I believe she calls the Magnum, mm. um, which nice. she hit for the victory. Um, but then it's not the same as the Chris Jericho Codebreaker. It's yeah. on the top rope, isn't it? Yeah. And obviously you've got Bushi, who's got the MX. But yeah. then again, I suppose you've got um, Tessa's using the DDT. So that's. The thing is, Ishimori has like a million different variations of the Codebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, we could argue all day about that. You know, mm-hmm. ultimately, people's finishes are going to be used to. Look at the power bomb, for God's sake. You know, yeah. that oh, the DDT, be... that's the biggest thing. Yeah, exactly. You look at those two moves, they were two of the most destructive moves ever. Was anyone ever kicking out of Psycho Sid's powerbomb? No. Nope. Never. You know, was or anyone kicking out of Jake the Snake's DDT? No. But. To be fair, would you tell Psycho Sid you weren't going to lie down for it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I wouldn't talk to Psycho Sid. I'd run away in the opposite direction. I don't think you get a choice. We then got. <sighs> This is amazing. <laughs> this was bollocks. This well, well the moose, the moose thing, the moose's oh, costume, the moose's costume, <laughs> and the way he chats up the ring at the um, interviewer is absolutely outstanding. And when he talks He's... about this is what people wear in my culture if they're a king, <laughs> I was going to order you one, but unfortunately they were backlogged. And it was just it. He it was like, what is going on? It was funny. <laughs> It's Akeem the African Dream. It was Akeem the African Dream, yeah. He was very one-man gang. Um, it's... the <laughs> This was... How do I describe it? The match was supposed to be Moose versus Eddie Edwards. The culmination... This is my most hyped match. Yeah. The culmination of a feud between two best friends. And this was sacked off after less than a minute after Killer Cross attacks for the DQ. Yeah. Less than a minute. I mean, fine, okay. The two continue to beat him down and Tommy Dreamer makes the save. Whoop, whoop, massive pop, New Yorker and all that. But to fucking hell, why why hype a match to then scrap it completely (laughs) and have a tag match that's a completely different match? I just don't agree. Isn't this no. a blood feud? Surely, like, lots of matches that didn't need to be were no disqualification on the show. Why not also make this no disqualification? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the match that does happen between the two teams isn't a match, really, is it? It's just those two absolutely destroying yeah. each other. And then, fucking, it doesn't really matter because Moose gets pinned anyways and he, does not, he doesn't even save face. Exactly. This, this show in general, it is not a good show to be a heel. <laughs> um, it's not a good show to be a booker. It's it was it was a very 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 strange, strange booking decision. Here. And I understand you've got Killer Cross who isn't on the pay per view. He doesn't why need to be. You, he fucking sucks. Why don't you just put him in a match with I don't know Eli Drake? Hey, um, oh Tommy. I like the thought of okay, we have New York legend Tommy Dreamer here. Is there anywhere we can fit him in on the card? Well, we have this New York Open Challenge. Nope. We have Ellsworth, he's an essential part of this show. Exactly, exactly. And he will never be part of Impact again after the reception he got. Um, 
ultimately, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this match because this match really, really wound me up. The ending I mean, was, was decent. It was fine. It was just it was it was a it was a Tommy Dreamer match. That's what it was. It was it was a That's not fine. I know, but it was it descended into a quote unquote house of hardcore match. Yeah, it did. It did very much so. Oh, which is watered down anyway. Su- so. I'm surprised um he wasn't wearing a comda.com shirt. <laughs> <laughs> This Kendo well, like, shirt just... is brought to you by yeah. Comda.com. Nice. Um, I mean, like I said, the ending was pretty good. Edwards takes... Is it Edwards or is it Dreamer that takes that fucking horrible powerbomb on the apron? Edwards. Um, absolutely destroys his back. Um, Moose gets the Kendo stick, misses with a wild shot, and Edwards rolls mm. him up for the win. I just... I, it was It was fine. It was fine, but that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, um, it, was, it, was, it was all right. I mean, fair play to Tommy Dreamer. The guy is 185 years old, and <laughs> he's still on a big pay-per-view in 2018. The least extreme of the, origi- of the original ICW big ones. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Um, I, just, I don't know. Yeah, <clears throat> it was yeah, annoying. And yes, fine. Cross and Moose got their heat back at the end by beating the shit out of Eddie, but I, I, just, I felt like this was... I felt like I was duped out of a match that I wanted to see. Especially as this was, yeah. as you said, Chris, one of the most hyped matches. Yeah. But, never mind. Uh, we then got <laughs> a match that I actually was looking forward to, and I actually got. So, get in. The OVE rules match. Um, what is that? What is OVE rules? was never specified. Apparently, it just means no rules. Apparently. <laughs> um, wouldn't, wouldn't it have to be in Ohio to be OVE? You would assume so, yes. Um, but we had OVE taking on Pentagon, Phoenix, and Brian Cage. I really enjoyed this match. I would argue this was probably the second best match of the night. Yeah, agree. I'm going to say match brilliant. of the night. You're going to say match of the night. I, I love six-man tags. <laughs> New Japan guy. Especially when, especially when <laughs> Phoenix is in there. Phoenix oh, is outstanding. Yeah. Phoenix no, this is felt absolutely like, outstanding. This felt like a Lucha Underground main event, which is probably why I loved it so much. Well, we might as well start with you, Chris. You loved yeah, it. This, Tell me why. Oh, this was absolutely amazing. This was the second-best six-man tag all year. Mm. Um, wow. Yes, I keep track of these things. Uh, <laughs> first of all, Cage was not wearing his belt on his way out. Did you notice that? No, I didn't know that. I didn't he wasn't wearing his belt. I mean, we'll come to the fact that he was the person who took the pinfall in a moment. But yeah, it was just so many. I don't. It's one of those matches where I have next to no notes because I was just enthralled while I was watching it. And I think that's it's... something that's you know that speaks volumes about the match. Yeah, the only matches this year where I've had to take notes for where that's happened was um, Gagano Champa, Omega Okada, and um, Okada Tanahashi. That's the only matches where that's yeah. happened this year. Yeah. So that it speaks volumes to how bad I am at taking notes. But uh, <laughs> there was a pretty nasty looking cutter botch from Phoenix. So like it looked like he almost bashed his head on um, one of the crests. Which yes. Was yeah. It was saw, uh... it was a very strange. Um, it was a very strange move that they attempted, to be perfectly honest. And the crowd instantly, you fucked up, 
you fucked up, which was helpful. Um, but yeah, it was like, were they attempting a superplex? And Jake Christ almost springboarded into a cutter trying to hit off yeah. the top rope and didn't get all of it, I don't think. Um, but yeah, screaming, you fucked up, you fucked up. Don't do that. Yeah, they know they fucked that. up. I thought um, Cage just looked unbelievably strong in this match all the way oh, through. He looks unbelievable strong in every yeah, match he ever just does. The fact that he was just, just picking yeah, he, up like, multiple people. He can catch people into a suplex. How many mm-hmm. people can do that? I get like the Chris Santo that big, so you can just throw him around like ragdolls, but still, like, even comparing it to like Jeff Cobb or Michael Elgin, it's ungodly amounts of strong. There was um there was a terrifying move as well where I think it was it was one of the Chris, I think it was Dave, where he just dove out of the ring just head first. Yeah. They're <laughs> not like, smart. That's that's one thing, with the exception of Brian Cage and maybe Panta, no one in this match is smart in how they wrestle. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, it's it's actually weird seeing a Pentagon match where he's the person who's least over in the match because yeah. he didn't do much. He really didn't do much, did he, at all? Yeah, it was all Phoenix and Cage and the Crisps, really. Yeah. Um, he did it. I mean, he, he did um What was it? It was like a catching, twisting, backslam thing on Phoenix, Callahan. Yes, and Callahan did, was brilliant in this match. And even... Um, even sort of the commentary who said like he's like deceptively strong Callahan. He really is. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Pentagon though who took that dra- um, that pal driver on the apron, which oh, yeah. I cringed. Horrific. Looked yeah. absolutely it, horrific. Because of the type of wrestling I watch, it takes a lot to make me cringe. And Jesus mm-hmm. Christ! It was the fact that he got so much of like his head on the apron, and then he was so close to the bloody barricade, and it was just like, oh my god, he's... that's it, Pentagon's dead. By god, he has a family. Yeah, and, <laughs> but it was it was brilliant. Um, we then proceeded to watch OVE attempt to kick the living shit <laughs> out of Brian Cage, because at this point, Brian Cage had kicked out of the all-seeing eye, which is a fantastic move, by the way, which is the OVE finishing move. The team finisher had finished mm-hmm. off multiple tag teams. Brian Cage kicked out of one. Um, so basically, but, they just kicked the shit out of him. I wouldn't let... I, I hope that's a shoot, because I would not let Brian Cage do that. That's just... I, in my opinion, that's a bit of a comfy thing to do. I don't care how much you want to put over Brian Cage. So, <laughs> like... It's, it's Imagine if someone had kicked out of the Legion, um, the Legion of Doom's Doomsday Device or the 3D... Um, back in the 90s when that was booked to be a killer, you know. It's just not some... It's, I don't think it's a done thing, really. I, no, I understand. Especially at one. Brian Cage is, is the big sort of boy, though, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the big, strong boy. Yeah, he's the one that they're trying to really, really push. All right, Garth. Um. <laughs> <laughs> damn. <laughs> I like the thought... I, I'm just, now I'm just imagining Gaff sitting there watching the match going, damn, you could grate cheese on those abs. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, such a big thing to <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, so 27. 27 kicks to the head Brian Cage really? took. Jesus. 27. Um, Almost as many I noticed he got caught with a couple. 
Yeah, a couple of them came keen, absolutely. Probably because he kicked out of the team finisher, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> again, again, I think that was a shoot. Um, yeah. But in the end, after these 27 kicks to the head, Sammy Callahan picks him up for the Cactus Driver for the win, which not only means that OVE have presumably won the feud with Pentagon, Phoenix, and Cage, um, because Phoenix seems to have moved on to other things, um, but also... That means that Brian Cage has taken his first pinfall loss. He still looks incredibly strong. It took three men to beat him. It he did, and I think they booked his loss extremely well. If it was him, I don't understand why it needed to be him. Well, I didn't originally understand why it needed to be him to take the pin, but ultimately he's got to lose at some point because someone's going to have to take the X Division title off him at some point. Yeah, so make it a sick. Make it a six-man tag, make him look strong in defeat. He's like he still feels like he's undefeated. He took a team finisher, took thirty super kicks to the head. I think I think he looked fairly impressive. You know, yeah. Phoenix looked absolutely outstanding in this match. Pentagon, you know, for a Pentagon match, did very little apart from take that horrific cactus driver on the bloody apron. Um, but ultimately, an outstanding match. Really, really, really good. Austin Aries cuts a fucking brilliant promo. Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, fucking hell. I wrote down because obviously this is, I was writing my notes as it was on and I didn't know the results. And I put, is this a shoot? Because he looks genuinely pissed. Oh, he like, looked properly pissed off. Because like Johnny, called, Johnny come lately. <laughs> to, to be completely fair, like, I know I don't watch the product, but he does have a point. I mean, I saw a picture of him holding the Impact title, and it's still a GFW written on the side because oh, they ju- because literally just GFW pulled out. They still had the belt. Apparently yeah. didn't have the money to get a new one, so just put an Impact sticker over the GFW logo, but not oh, on the yeah. side plates. Jesus <laughs> so, like, he, he's gotten the company to the point of re- of semi-relevance, you know. I'd, mm-hmm. I'm at the point where I'd watch an Impact before I'd watch a Ring of Honor. Well, I mean, he was going to Ring of Honor. He was going to these other places, taking the belt. Yeah, uh, I don't. By the way, I fucking hate that gimmick, the belt collector gimmick. I think it's such a cunty thing. Going, oh yeah, I'll help your promotion. Just give me the belt. I know it's totally going to help you. More oh. is going to help me. I love it. I mean, what did he have? He had the Defiant belt, the Impact belt, the Defiant. um, I, the in the IPW. I'm, su- I'm surprised he didn't hold the rare pro title considering how little that means at this point. He probably did. We just didn't know. Um, so basically, Aries cuts this promo, as you've said, about rebuilding the company, which I think all three of us think is a very relevant point. Um, yeah, like all the stars they brought in, we brought in Mundo, we brought in Cornet as much help as that did. Um, and he's he's the one who actually did them. Him and the Lucha Underground guys... Um, uh, the ones who's done the most. Yeah, I would argue that one of the turning points for Impact in its current incarnation was the um, show where Pentagon won the title, which yeah. I believe is uh, Redemption. Yeah, definitely. Um, that turned my that definitely turned my head towards Impact. Yeah, because I saw it. it was, I saw it was happening, and I thought they're not going to do anything. You know, they just did that because Del Reels had um, been fired because he's a cunt. So, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, <laughs> so, but ultimately, you know, you look at the men that have 
that they've built the company around and they've got a solid foundation they have built that around Austin Aries and now that the company's back to a certain level it does look like Johnny Impact has come and sort of said right well I'm ready now after yeah, all I finished these other doing things me, I finished doing my shit little programme it did make me Found laugh me when hunter. Austin Aries said you know you've now gone and got married as though you know <laughs> it can't help getting married Austin to be fair <laughs> I mean, yes, fair enough. Going on Survivor, fine. Boone the Bounty Hunter, shit. But, you know, getting married is a bit harsh. I mean, come on. I know you don't like his so wife. Good. It's not so good about him. Oh, it, honestly, just the intensity in his promo, his lose face, the fact that he's got a slightly bigger beard, just fucking brilliant. Um, Do you think Austin Aries is just annoyed because he's 41 years old and is probably going to die alone? Um, wow. I mean, <laughs> fucking hell. That's... Yeah, but he's got a new book out. That is true. Well, vegan diet. Yeah, because that pulls in all the babes. It does. Nothing pulls in the babes like vegans. Apparently oh, what he... made Austin Aries really high, um, annoyed was because John um, Johnny Impact made a joke about his height and he doesn't like that. Which well, is just... Okay. I'm not even going to... I'm not, um, not even going to say it. Packed on He's a bit weight short tempered for this match. <laughs> say, say again, Garth. Sorry. There's like apparently packed on like, a bit of weight for this match. He looked a <laughs> lot more lean in this match. A yeah. lot more lean. Well, he um, I, th- I, th- I think he did it knowing what type of match it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, because very much it, because so. obviously well, we'll get to it later, but it allowed him to stop being able to have moves done against him. <laughs> yeah, I I can't wait to talk about this main event. Um. <laughs> But we'll we'll cut into it in a minute. Basically, long and the short of it, Austin Aries finishes by saying the that management keeps changing their mind, so he's going to change his mind. His guys will be at ringside, obviously Moose and Killer Cross, and tells Impact he needs to bring his wife, Tay Valkyrie, to the ring so that she can watch him lose. Um, and one of my favourite promos of this year. Yeah. It was just it was yeah. that good. Um Basically, the OGs celebrate Conan getting crushed by a very small trolley. Um, <laughs> just the worst accident I've ever seen. Uh, say that they're going to learn the lesson. They come out to the ring ready for the concrete jungle death match with LAX, Santana, Ortiz, and Conan, spoilers, taking on the OGs, Homicide, Hernandez, and King. Now, I've got a couple of things to say before I hand it over to you guys. First, yep. I have no idea who Bodega Bams is. Or, or, or the rest nope. of them. I, I mean, that entire thing. I felt very uncool and very old during that bit. Don't know who they are. What do you think I felt? Uh, well, ancient, I would have thought. <laughs> I don't know who they are either of the I mean, thank you. That does help. Um, I mean, anyway, it was it was a good end. It was a good entrance. It was fine. This concrete jungle death match. Very wooden. It yeah, no no concrete for a start. Um, it seemed an idea that was better in theory than in practice. Yeah, this match was you know obviously it's a jungle death match, but this was legitimately dangerous. Yeah, because you know fine for all you know for all the tables that they get put through and all that, which obviously hurts, but this could have ended someone's career when you looked at how the boards the referee was used at one point to just put the boards back 
because there's a couple of like, overlapping and stuff. Yeah, and if someone takes a suplex on that, well, look what it did to Rick Rude. Look what it did to uh, the British Bulldog. Yeah, you know, something like something as simple as that can cause a fucking lot of pain. And they didn't hold back with this. I thought it was going to be like that car park match where nobody took a move because obviously it's fucking concrete. But <laughs> yeah, they uh, they didn't hold back. <laughs> yeah. It speaks volumes when the safest um, thing they can do is dive when it's three feet between the ring and the barriers. And yeah. they do regularly. Even King. A lot. King did yeah, it. Face first into the rail. <laughs> he does eat the barricade, which looks like it fucking hurts. Um, it's. I was, and I'll hand it over to you guys in a sec. I was a little bit disappointed in this match. It was, to be fair, it was kind of what I expected. Not the match because I didn't know what the hell a concrete jungle match was anyway. But um, wood apparently. Like the the fact when as soon as I saw that ring, I thought, yeah, they're not going to be spending a lot of time in that because that's just going to rip them to pieces. It was, yeah. it was, it was all right. Yeah, um, the boards definitely were a hampering fact. There was a reason why when you remove canvas, you remove a quarter, so so you have like a, a good third of a ring to work mm. with. Because mm. God, that like they just couldn't do anything but dive and take nasty fucking bumps. And like, I'm sorry, but the nasty bumps sort of meant nothing because every bump was a nasty bump. So when we took yeah. a particularly nasty bump, it was very hard to think, well, is it really more nasty than the one we just took? And yeah, to be fair, I haven't, I haven't sat through the months of build that you two have. I basically saw a child get ran over and then the truth <laughs> end in, Mex- in Mexico. Actual homicide. <laughs> it's not as important as Conan's mask being burned. Well, uh, exactly. See, Didn't even get bought up. They should have put the, the, the Max Moon mask because that's who was originally God. meant to play in. Um, the, the, God, what they should have done is they should have had um, that little kid that they ran over. They should have had it that it was him. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell, God. Again, I think they should have used his dead body as a weapon. He should, he should have came out. <laughs> to be fair, he was alive for the same show. Like, yeah, he, that turned, is true. he was in the crowd. He was in the front row. Um, they didn't even try I and hide it. Like, I, I, I did really like um, the border toss where um, homicide, uh, homicide was thrown by onto Landers the outside. The... Yeah, yeah, that was quite that, nice. That's always a good spot. I loved the pounce through the table, and then yeah. Hernan- um, Hernandez's weird like dance afterwards. Oh, was, he always uh, does that. Yeah, it was lovely. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I find it a lot. I found it very. I didn't enjoy it as much as the Slammiversary think, match. Nah, but, and I was watching but, it, waiting for Conan to come out as well. You knew he was going to come out. Yeah, they did really well considering how limiting it was. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Like, and King but, took a lot of punishment in this match. Oh yeah, yeah. I, like he's not a pussy like Conan. I mean, that fucking finishing move—is it the Street Sweeper? <laughs> Honestly, Jesus Christ! It was basically an assisted power bomb with a blockbuster. But, yeah. By the way, can I just talk about how much I love LAX roof names? <laughs> no, you can't. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it was a street sweeper that finished it with King taking the pinfall. 
Conan had come down and was beating the shit out of everyone with that billiard ball in a sock. Um, and, yeah, at least the right team won. I think we can all agree that the right team won. Well, yeah. one we all predicted. So. Yeah, but I would have preferred a lethal lockdown match or something like that. A cage would not fit into that venue, man. No, no, and obviously that's why they haven't done Ultimate it. Ultimate X. Stop, stop Ultimate... bringing up Ultimate X. Ultimate X is amazing. Every single match should be an Ultimate X match. <laughs> it should be an Ultimate X match. <laughs> Eli Drake Open Challenge should be an Ultimate X match, mate. Oh, tell me you wouldn't want to see Ellsworth fall off the top of that. <laughs> On... <laughs> With just the boards. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so the right team won. I just felt like as this was the second well no actually it was the most hyped match of the card i just felt like it under delivered i felt like the teams did the most with what they could do but i don't know i was just Both a little bit teams are much capable of better yes absolutely yeah. and you know check out their slammiversary match for proof of that we then got um what can only be described as a first Amazing. a first person shooter game on playstation <laughs> Um, where you sound so old right now, where Ali goes <laughs> into the undead realm in an attempt to rescue Kira Hogan. Now, now this is where the little kid from LAX should have turned up. Oh, that would have been <laughs> outstanding. Um, so Ali meets um James Mitchell, Jim Mitchell. It, it's really unnerving that she keeps calling him Jim. It's yeah. James. Don't call him Jim. It's weird. I got I got confused by that because I only know him as Sinister Minister. So what I don't I keep forgetting his actual name. So I just refer to him as Jim throughout my whole notes here. So Ali gets into the undead realm, um, and is immediately attacked by an undead bridesmaid. And you think, okay, it's just going to be you know clothesline lariat. Off we go. No, 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 no. no. She kills her, and I don't mean like you know metaphorically no she eats an axe with fucking blood spatter up the face and everything it was like i love that i can't believe i'm gonna fuck i I can't believe i'm gonna say this but this isn't 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 the most gruesome killing i've seen in wrestling this year just this year yeah no this year because um paul london killed a midget wrestler with a (laughs) with a um with a with a hammer to appease a rabbit Nice. Hell. That that was literally all this segment was missing. Um, <laughs> I loved it. Uh, like I, I was watching it. God, have you loved this? Watch Lucha Underground. Oh, I've seen Lucha Underground. I love that as well. <laughs> I've, I, I was watching it and I've, I've even wrote it down. I just put uh, Ali with the axe. And I just like yes, because when she said it, I was literally sat there and I went, oh yes. It's just like watching like a B movie. I mean, it was. this was here, presumably, so that they could put the ring back together. Yeah, uh, yeah. obviously. But, yeah, basically, she's just killed someone. She finds her soul, which James Mitchell has told her not to touch. Do not touch your soul. You're not taking it back. It's mine. Um, And okay. she finds Kira Hogan in a coffin. Strangely, having changed her clothes um, <clears throat> from when she was put in the coffin, didn't realise that the Undead's bridesmaids were going to change her. Um, but... Not the only thing we did. Oh, man, you've made it weird now. <laughs> it wasn't weird already. 
Sue Young appears from, you know, behind a pew, just boo, and has a bigger axe. I don't know where she was hiding this fucking massive axe, but they then have an axe off where they duel with the axes. Um, Ali then kills Sue Young. <laughs> Ali takes Brilliant. an axe and tries to behead Sue Young. What happens if you die in the undead realm? Well, I, I, I proper dead. I proper dead. Proper dead, isn't it, mate? <laughs> Not I mean, just pussy dead. Death. It, it boggled the mind. We saw an actual death. Anyway, um, Kira Hogan is revived very, very easily for someone who's dead. Um, and they run to the coffin, try to get it open. <gasps> Shock of the day! It's not open! Jim Mitchell comes, does his typical ha 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 ha, should have dotted your teeth <laughs> and crossed your eyes. Class. The one. When he says, uh, I got you in, but nothing is said about getting you out. And then just disappears. <laughs> it just like magically disappears. Um, so then Undead Bridesmaids appear and start, you know, mauling the two baby faces when suddenly who should appear? But Rosemary! Rosemary's back! <laughs> She was just it. ducking underneath the camera the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> literally crouching. <laughs> but, I mean... What's this weird ball on the floor? Oh, it's Rosemary. <laughs> Don't see the Rosemary. CXT original Rosemary. Indeed, hey. indeed. Um, so she comes back, beats off the... Uh, <laughs> behave. Um, beats off the bridesmaids with relative ease, just a couple of forearms. Uh, she is enough to get the coffin open, Kira and Ali escape. Sue Young appears from her beheading, quite, quite fine, and then and then some weird fucking (laughs) magic happens and this is where I was like, no, I'm done. I'm done with this now. I'm so done. I just wrote down, ha ha ha, Mortal Kombat. It it was. It was so Mortal Kombat and the two of them are then like having a power struggle with these fireballs and it was just <laughs> I, rem- I remember watching it going what the fuck is this bullshit now I mean this, I is the watch- type, this is the type of thing though that WWE will probably try to do in a few years and it won't work because theirs will be at a much better production value oh don't get me wrong this was infinitely better than the House of Horrors match this felt like a Rocky Horror Picture Show. If the Rocky Horror Picture Show was wrestling, it was done yeah. with all of the cheese in the world. Yeah, um, you know they know exactly what they were doing. Yeah, so Rosemary even the then gets even overpowered the and is left for dead again in the Undead Realm. You were a shit friend, Ali. So they get <laughs> out of the coffin. Kira Hogan stops Ali going back, and Ali, with a very very aggressive voice, snaps at Kira, telling her that it's not okay. So, obviously, this whole you've left your soul in the undead realm thing is going to be worked into a storyline, which is brilliant as long as we don't have 55 singles matches against Sue Young again. <laughs> and as long as Kira Hogan doesn't have to wrestle too much over his whole thing. True, though I will stand up for Kira Hogan and say the last two matches she's had have been bordering on decent. <laughs> she's <laughs> almost a wrestler. She's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was just... <laughs> Her hair is gold. Yes, it was. It was ve- It was. It was just a very. I mean, I didn't hate it. Um, it was. It was very strange. Very. This is very what I watch wrestling for. Yeah, this is exactly why I watch wrestling. I loved it. 
well, it's for one segment of the whole thing. Whereas, because my nana was over, it was for one section. I was hoping my nana wouldn't walk in because there's no explaining what the fuck is going on. Oh, that would be outstanding. It's just you watching a B-level zombie film, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, Good point. It was genuinely. I knew people that took media studies at A level, and they would have produced a better, a better <laughs> style, a better standard of segment than this was but I suppose that added to its charm um, we then got the main event and this is the match that everyone is talking about, literally everyone come Monday all wrestling media outlets were talking about this match specifically the ending so we had the Impact World title match with the champion Austin Aries defending against Johnny Impact now this was aggressive as fuck this yeah. they made this look like this wasn't planned. This was literally just them fucking hurting each other. Yeah. And there was a couple of moments where it looked like Ares had just taken it a step too far because Impact proper stood up as though to beat the shit out of him. There was <laughs> one point when Air when Johnny Impact was sitting with his back to Ares, and Ares kicked him in the back, which Air, which Impact sold, and then Ares kicked him in the back of the head. And Impact no-sold it, got up, and slapped Ares across the face as though to go, what the fuck are you doing? Be careful. Yeah. Stop it, eh? Um, it's class. But... Also, the uh, the announcer fucked up. Oh, the announcer. From Slam City? <laughs> Slam City? Isn't what? that that cartoon from a few years ago? It is. To which... You can actually see John Mar- um, Johnny Impact, though, grinning, as they say it, which I believe sort of belayed the importance of this match slightly. I've, I've, have you seen that video of Ke- Kevin Owens, or Kevin, Kevin Steen, as he was at the time, having to keep correcting? It was like from Toronto, Calgary, Canada, and he had to go up to him going, oh, all of that was wrong. <laughs> Try it again. And he was just whispering every part. It was like from, better, better, Canada. Jesus. Brilliant. It's pretty bad when, it, when it's when it's the only time he has to announce. Yeah, and to, and also, did you guys hear the two or five chance in this match? Yes, I did. No, no. What? This crowd was so cunty. It added to it. I loved them. I thought I thought there was so much atmosphere there, especially the for this match. Air, the heat on Aries was unreal as well. It was like people were genuinely, literally booing him, like properly booing him. It was brilliant. Yeah. It really was. And the the fact he was the black trunks that he said he was. Yeah. No pomp and circumstance. He leaned out though, massively so. Well, he bulked. He put weight on because um, after the match and after I watched everything, um, I checked out like his Twitter and his Instagram and stuff, and he put a picture up saying he put on something like fifteen pounds of muscle or something. Jesus. What in a month? Well, it was something a month ridiculous. since last day. That's ridiculous. It's amazing what these guys do. I just think that it's purely because he knew that he would be able to sit down in this match because he was like for some of the moves he was, the headlocks and stuff he was just sitting down yeah. refusing to run the ropes and stuff but that's but they made it look as though he was just, it was a shoot fight especially at yeah. the start it looked like Ares didn't give a shit and I don't know if that was story or not I, th- I don't I get the impression that these two do not like each other in real life definitely yeah. I mean, there was like there was proper like welts and cuts on um, Aries' back. Yeah. After where Johnny Impact was just laying into him. 
I think they actually don't like each other. They've not. They've been. A, they've both stepped over the line in the course of this feud. Yeah, especially when you've got um, tri- um, Double A taunting his wife from in the ring. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, I what Impact the... should have done was point. Sorry, what Impact should have done is pointed out that Zelina Vega is now with Andrade Cien Almas in kayfabe. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, one thing I did like from the commentary team here was how they really, really built on the fact that Impact was wrestling a completely different match here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it wasn't just Johnny Impact doing all the high spots. It was Johnny Impact. It was a brawl. It was a fight. Oh, he was and fighting, I, yeah. Yeah, he was. You know, especially at I, the start. I can think I mean, of one high spot, really, from Impact, and that was, it was more sort of... Stuck was a desperation high spot and then was set up where he did the jump onto the like between the barricade and the ring and then the moon's out. That's the only oh, yeah. yes. That was uh, really like that. He did yeah, and then just sort I mean, of a moonsault press while standing mm-hmm. having one foot on the barricade and one foot on the ring apron. It was really good. Yeah, sort of it sort of it, it had the sort of opening part where they were really smashing into each other. But then it went back to being a wrestling match. Yeah it did. Where they were working together. Yeah. I mean, Aries hitting the 450 a... looked quality. Mm-hmm. The bit where um, was it like a um, Starship pain and then um, Aries grabbed the rope. Mm-hmm. Like desperation. Yeah. Um, it was a bit like that sort of um, Tessa Blanchard where he sort of looked a bit like dazed and he didn't know where he was. Yeah, it was very, very similar, actually. Very similar. Um... For me, the, the most brutal part of this match was those knees that Ares was laying into. Fucking hell, eh? Yeah, and then like right into the last chancery. I that looks it was so slick and looked yeah. so brutal. I love those that finish. That um, very, submission. Very, those knees looked very, very yeah. shoot. Very shoot. The thing is, he was he was clearly not going for the head. It was clearly going onto the shoulders. So yeah. I I don't think anyone was unsafe. Oh, in this there was match. a couple that went onto his head. If you look, there, there was are a, bit, a couple that land. There was a bit where he intentionally grabbed his elbow as well. Yeah. Obviously, no one fine. Well, that was still still injured. Yeah. Um, Impact hit the Spanish fly, which is always a lovely move. Always a lovely move. But genuinely, I don't know whether they botched it or if Ares did actually get a knee up into the stomach of Impact. It was oh, yeah, it was yeah. a very, very strange. Very strange. It- I think I hope it's a botch because if so, that's a stupidly dangerous thing to do. Yeah. And then there's the bit where uh, <laughs> Aries just dove on Ty Valkyrie. <laughs> oh God, yeah. T- towards the end, we'll get into that in a minute. What about the Death Valley driver on the apron? Yeah. It's weird if that's like the least note, like, the least notable thing in this match. I know. Honestly, that driver where Impact he lands. So Aries picks him up for this Death Valley driver, lands him on the apron. Impact takes all the impact, pun, on his head and neck, catches his foot on the ropes and crashes into the barricade and onto the mm. floor. And he's on the floor and he doesn't know what to hold first. Yeah. Because he's like... He sort of like bounces, all, doesn't he? Yeah. All of me hurts, but I don't know what to hold. It was a proper Death Valley driver, though. Normally you just see them go into the back, but like him and that girl in the Million Classic, I can't remember the name of, they're the only people who do a proper... Yeah. Um, Death Alley nowadays. Yeah. Then, of course, yeah, you're absolutely right. Austin Aries dives out intentionally and mm. absolutely ploughs into Ty Valkyrie. <laughs> there was no holding back there at all. It, 
it's so weird that a suicide dive looked painful because they never yeah. do anymore. It it looked very very very. He was like a fucking painful. missile. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, this was the match to light the fuse. Impact absolutely beat the shit out of Ares. Rolls him in, hits a brain buster, which I liked. Starship pain. Johnny Impact is your new champion. Both of you called it. Well done. Then, but that that's not the main point here. After taking a brain buster and Starship pain and losing his title, Austin Aries no-sells it, gets up, starts yelling at Don Callis, who's up in the balcony, and walks so, off. You can see what he's shouting. He's like, um, he's like um, is that what you wanted? Sure, that's what he's shouting. Is that what you wanted? Are you happy now? And then he just walks off like and he's sticking his middle fingers up at the crowd. Yeah. Um, it was... And it was Johnny, one Johnny, of my favourite matches this year with was, that shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I think the... I think the... The sort of... Question mark whether it being a shoot or not really sort of helped the match. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If- if we do Podmania awards, I definitely put this up for, for a match of the year candidate. Not not match of the year, but a match of the year candidate. Oh, it won't yeah. be match of the year, but this was my favourite match. Definitely my favourite. I mean, match. it's not even. It wasn't even like sort of. Technically, it wasn't an amazing match. It was just it had everything around it, mm-hmm. made it so much more compelling. Impact but have done well, such a good job of building the feud between these two. And the fact that they do have that latent hatred of each other that sort of flows underneath it all makes it so much more of a believable wrestling match. And that, I know I keep harping on about it, but that opening where genuinely it looked like they were, Johnny Impact was trying to wrestle and Ares was just like, fuck you. Absolutely yeah. fuck you. It's certainly, it's certainly the match that's definitely... There's the one wrestling match where we went for a shoot sort of thing where it's... Um, definitely felt like a shoot. Even New Japan, who do the stuff kind of stuff all the time, you can tell it's a like when Shibata and Ishii would start just going right into batter each other. You could still think, well, that's a work with this. I especially with the build up to it, I I thought it might be a shoot because it's a type of thing you can imagine happening on a TNA show. It it baffles me when you look at what Austin Aries has done in Impact and everything that he's doing here. And I have heard a story, and I'll run this by you in a moment it really does baffle me how wwe have not didn't use him it's just well he didn't it just baffles me it really does he's not wwe's type he's not big enough yeah it's not just that he also apparently i've never heard a good story about austin aries backstage i've never heard anyone have a good word about him while then but like, they won't say anything bad over working with him because when the work, like, he carried 205 Live for a few months when he was in WWE. He was one of the best things. He, like, he made No Way Jose uh, have an interesting feud, which is very hard. Um, True. So, like, wherever he is, he's, like, he was carrying the X Division in, like, 2012, 2013. And, like, he was the guy to throw on Bobby Roode, the longest reigning world champion. So, like, wherever he is, he's, ca- he's carrying the show. Yeah. Like, he made Defiant interesting. <laughs> The story that I've heard, I mean, I think we're all agreed that this is a work. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure how happy I am about them breaking kayfabe for a work, but yeah, 
then as weird as there you go no go on um as weird as it sounds so like there's an art to um a shoot a work shoot angle and like this felt more 99 wcw than an actual good breaking the fourth wall angle yeah well apparently and i've heard this from multiple sources that the whole thing that Austin Aries is going for now is the Brian Pillman sort of loose cannon storyline. Yeah. That's what he's I've doing. I've seen that comparison a lot. Yeah. That, that's the first thing that came to my mind when I saw what happened. Like, even as he's walking down that ramp and he does that thing, I was thinking, mm-hmm. this is just so Brian Pillman when he left he can, to go to ECW. Is he just going to turn up in Ring of Honor shouting, I'm at Austin fucking Aries? I think he's gonna. He is good. He is doing that. I mean, he is doing a lot of stuff in other countries where he's trying to sort of be the main sort of sort of spearhead. He he's been talking a lot about Australia, how he's helping them yeah. sort of build up their wrestling divisions and stuff. I think he's going to use that whole "well, I left" sort of thing. Um, I screwed them over, or they screwed me over, so I left, sort of thing. Yeah. Honestly, but, if he's out for a good six months, I think this can be a really good angle. Like if they really build it. Well, his contract was up anyway, apparently. That that was yeah. the last day on his contract. I think so, I was a bit silly on TNA's part. He is literally their biggest draw. Sort of, sort of makes sense if that if that is your last date, make something of it. Yeah. So where do you think he'll turn up next? Defined. Rampart. <laughs> yeah. It still wouldn't make oh. me want to watch it. No, absolutely not. Um, Do you think you could ever see him in New Japan, or maybe I don't know. Go over I hate with to, um, if he if he went to New Japan, he'd be put in the juniors, like Dragon oh, yeah, Gate or something. One hundred percent. He could be in Dragon um, Gate. Dragon Gate is the better fit for him because again, in New Japan, like they have too many main guys in New Japan right now. We have too many people who can credibly challenge for the title. He'd be thrown yeah. in the juniors, which he's had a weak division right now. It but now he won't be happy with that. Yeah, it's weird how one per like it's a lot that's happened a lot with New Japan this year. Like Young Buck left the junior tag team division and now there's just not a junior tag team. There's literally Pongi three K and the two cha- the um Kanamaru and Suzuki. El Desperado. Yeah, and Tiger and Liger. Well yeah, but we don't <laughs> count them now. Um it's it's weird, isn't it? I mean you've got Skirl and Kushida. I suppose now you've got Shingo as well, but I quite like him. I'm not going to lie. Anyway, this isn't the New Japan podcast. This is <laughs> Impact Bound for Glory review. Garth, we'll start with you. If we had... Let's start with the main event. Five stars. What are you giving it? Uh for the for the build and for the promos and for everything else, five stars for that. Yeah. For the match, four. So I'm gonna go four and a half. Okay. Chris. Um, I'm gonna go four. Okay. I'm gonna go four and a half. Just because of yet yeah, you will get better matches than this without a shadow of a doubt, but. I think, with everything that went on with it, with everything that was underlying throughout the entire match, this was one of the best matches I've seen all year. Yeah. And... It had the most... It felt like it had the most at stake. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And that's it's, what separated it, was, it from the rest of the card. It's also the correct amount of overbooked. Yeah, 100%. Because even though Moose and Killer Cross were, you know, at ringside, they didn't do anything. No, which no. Was, did much. Yeah, which I absolutely agree with. I was really yeah, well, every sort said, of said, didn't he? So I moved them out of the way. He said, get back. Like, yeah, the way. I'm doing this on my own. Um, okay, Garth. Bound yeah. for glory. Rating out of 10. Overall, I'm going to go... 8. 8? Yeah. Okay. Chris? Right, this isn't a bad rating, but it's going to sound low. I'm going to give it a 6. You dick. Right, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> there are some great, like... Dare um... you come on this podcast and slander yeah, Who the fuck are you? <laughs> the no, eligible but, um... bachelor of Podmania. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, that's my new Twitter handle. Um, oh, God. Um, but no, um, so the Sido match was fun, and um, the six-man and the Aries match was, of course, great. But problem is the bollocks were so bollocks it definitely drags it down for me. Like the LEX match would just should have been something else. Yeah. And that Eli Drake open challenge. Yeah. And like Tessa versus Ty are definitely underdelivered. I don't think any of us disagree. No. So like, well, the, like if the show kept at that high, somewhat high level, it would definitely be an eight for me. But yeah. it just for the lows drag it. I'm gonna go for yeah. seven. Um, literally sitting on the fence. Um. Same as you, Chris. I thought the main event was outstanding. I thought that the opening tag match was decent. Um, I thought the OVE versus Pentagon, Phoenix, and um, Brian Cage match was excellent. But, yeah, the Tessa Blanchard versus Tay Valkyrie match was okay. But I feel like it could have delivered more. You've got the Concrete Jungle Death Match, which just did not work. It was great in theory, but in practice, it was just too impractical. You got that bollocks with the open challenge, and then you'd got a match that had been built between Eddie Edwards and Moose that didn't happen. So, yeah, I think it's seven for me, and that is simply because the main event and the OVE rules match were that good. I should point out, 6 out of 10 is the same thing I'd give um, King of Pro Wrestling, so it's not a bad score. Fair enough. Fair enough. What would you, What did you give Fighting Spirit Unleashed? Um, I, don't, um, I don't do that on um, the show itself. I'd give it around an 8, Fighting Spirit. Okay, fair enough then. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. One more thing to just mention before we go, and that is that Impact have given us the date of their next pay-per-view which they are going back to Nashville, Tennessee, where it all began yeah. when Ron the Truth Killings was the champion. And, and Shamrock winning it on the first show. Yeah, let's not forget that. But on January 6th, so just after Wrestle Kingdom, we're going to be very busy, um, we have got Homecoming, which I'm looking forward to. And what's I nice smell a well. double review. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I smell a um, Jeff Jarrett return. <laughs> Oh, this isn't Triple Mania, Gaff. <laughs> Which did he... last year? Triple Mania, he was drunk and throwing out tacos. Oh, I remember that. Oh, Jesus! Hey, he's cleaned up now. He cleaned up for his um, Hall of Fame. There is absolutely not a chance in hell he's showing up in Impact after they tried to sue him. 
Not about, not a chance or vice versa. What about, an, another, what about another legend? Crimson. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. Matt Morgan. <laughs> Jesus. You bring up Matt Morgan every time you're on the Impact podcast. Every time. Fucking Matt Morgan. He's a, he's a boy. Right. Okay, what, what about Relic? That's killer spelled backwards. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to our Bound for Glory review. Me and Garth will be back on Tuesday to go through uh, the post. All the fallout from Bound for Glory as Impact do their post Bound for Glory show. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to talk to me, you can talk to me at, at Real Rob Goodwin. Garth, where can they find you? At Drummer Jackson. And you can find Chris at, at Podmania Eligible Bachelor. Is that right, Chris? <laughs> no, my current handle is Young Lion CXT, but <laughs> if I think, but it's actually my new handle, so I can actually remember it. Oh, fantastic! It is a lot easier to remember than your old one. Um, you can, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and on Castbox. You can talk to us on Facebook, on Twitter at Podmania. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we will talk to you guys again soon. <laughs>